Hello, welcome back to the Mr. Arsenal podcast, our weekly, one of our weekly podcasts of the week, the first of the week. Um, and first of all, wow, that we've had a full game back together. How are you doing, guys? <laughs> As you can see, that was the listeners. We've got Andrew and Steve with us this week. How are you doing, guys? And hope you keep them well. Very yeah, good. Thanks, mate. Fully, yeah, back fully fit now. Good to see you, mate. Glad you're yeah. back well. Yeah, so a win of the weekend always helps. And a three o'clock kickoff on a Saturday, which is a rarity, isn't it? I was going to say that. Yeah, it certainly is. There's a weird and I found a link, and I found a link the whole 90 minutes, which is amazing. Exactly, yeah. And we didn't get a player sent off either. No, Jack, yeah. we didn't get a book in. I lost, I lost 63 grand on that. Don't worry, we've got Atkinson on Thursday. We'll make up for it then, won't we? Oh, God, no. <laughs> It's Wolves this week again, so, oh, great, yay. Somebody put a tweet out and you said something about they contact Adidas to see if they could supply us a load of Man United kits. <laughs> yeah, I wonder why. <laughs> they, seem, they seem to get away with Birdo quite literally. Even the there's, punch a the about, it, there's been a lot of talk about Tomini, isn't he? The amount of yellow cards he doesn't get. Mm. I, I was watching the game yesterday, the Leeds game, and the amount of, time, the amount of challenges he got away with was unbelievable. It was... Six. And lit- yeah, lit- literally. If Granite had done one of them, it'd be a straight red. So only got one yellow, presumably, then, yeah? Yeah. And that was mm. after the first 500. He uh, nearly took someone's head off, didn't he, in the early mm. stages? He yeah. split someone's head wide open and blood pouring out of his head. Yeah, caused con- literally caused a concussion sub. Well, technically it wasn't, but it caused, caused a play uh, mm. to be not where we surrounded, basically. And no, not a booking. It's an accident. It's not United. Yeah, there's no bias, obviously. Can't say there's any bias. No, not at all, no. Yeah, no, don't be silly. But yeah, we'll get into it. Obviously, as you say, three o'clock kickoff on a Saturday. It's been a long time since I could say that. It felt weird looking forward to it, but I enjoyed it. Mm. it was, again, the score, I think the scoreline, the 2 1, if, if anything, it flattered Brentford. Cause we yeah, definitely. Again, oh, yeah, sure. we completely dominated the entire game. Not not once, not even when they scored the goal, did they look like scoring. That made sense. We actually looked calm at yeah. the back. And yeah. we, the amount of chances we created, it was just the lack of finishing from certain people, which I'll get into during this podcast. But, uh, Steve, what yeah, what did you make of it? Your, what were your thoughts on Saturday itself? Well, I think I think we played really well. I mean, we started fast, didn't we? We, we didn't really let them see much of the ball we just went for it didn't we I mean you know, the only surprise really it was it took such a while for us to score the first goal but I didn't feel like we were under any threat at all at any point during the game I thought Odegaard is bossing it I mean he was like on another level really Jacker and Party in midfield looked solid they didn't seem to be doing anything stupid in the back four again didn't have as much to do as you know I thought they would have done but and um, the two lads got the goal. So, I mean, overall, it was just a really good all-round performance. Didn't feel threatened at all. In fact, I lost the stream on, I think it was on 89 minutes when we were 2-0 up. So, I was quite surprised they scored with the last kick of the game. So, I'd imagine Rams mm. there would have had a heart attack, wouldn't they? Losing a clean sheet like that. Yeah, he wasn't happy. I mean, it, it, it was a little, a little tiny bit to blame for it. Yeah. Um, the way he came out. However, you know, I'm not going to knock him... It was just one of those things, really. But, uh, yeah, they, it really flattered them, the fact they got that goal. Yeah. But, I mean, they weren't threatening at all, really. Well, I think they had a couple of half no. chances, but 
not enough to really worry us, I think. So, um, so yeah, overall, well please, on to Thursday, as we know. So, another tough game. Yeah, yeah. certainly will be. <laughs> uh, Steve's saying as well in the chat, Steve F. Didn't get all crosses, though. Yeah. But a lot of crosses, I know, because basically, we ain't got the players personnel, but there's a system in place, and they're playing to the system that the, play, the manager wants us to play. It's, yeah, we weren't going to... They're gone. No, I was going to say, we weren't really going to win in many headers from crosses in, in that no. game, were they? The way they, they played, mm. they were really solid, their central defenders, weren't they? So, mm. you know, so we scored both goals from, from wide play, wide play, didn't we, at the end of the day? Mm. Mm. I mean, Andrew, what, about, what was your thoughts on the game itself as well? Obviously, you took a goal and all that. Well, overall, I mean, the, overall, the yeah, whole... Overall, yeah. <laughs> We we were totally and utterly in control, weren't we? Um, uh, we totally deserved to be one or two goals up at half time, at least. Um, that was the only slight sort of not worry, but you know, you you're thinking about, oh god, you know, is it going to be another Burnley type game where we're going at half time nil nil, we're dominating, but we can't get the ball in the back of the net? But I think that. Um, Everyone was having a good game. I mean, you know, Cedric had a good game again. You can't really mm. knock his performance mm. after after all. So that was quite good. Um, I think his main remit really was to get the ball in the box as, as many times as possible. I think a lot of those um, crosses came from him uh, into the box that uh, you were on about Greengrass earlier. So I think that he was under that sort of... Um, remit to get the ball in the box as much as possible. Um, mm. it, good thing is, and I heard James McNicholas on the Askcast earlier, he made a really good point that he is also quite a very, you know, two-footed player, mm. similar to what Tommy Asso is. And that sort of gives him the ability of, um, sort of cutting in both sides, going on the outside, going on the inside and getting the ball into the box in a similar way to Tommy Asso does. And that is something that, although he's not got the physical presence or the physical type of you know, body that Tommy Asu has, that does make him a similar sort of player to Tommy Asu with the fact that he's two-footed. So that was, that was quite interesting. And and it, when you get the ball into the box, it, we haven't got the players in there to head it at the moment or, you know, stick the ball in the back of the net like a good, strong centre-forward does. But it can still cause a lot of confusion in the box. Mm. It can cause a few rebounds and a bit of panic in in the box as well. So it's still worth worth it from time to time. Not you know I'm not saying that you know this needs to be a style of play that we need to sort of follow um, a lot moving forward. But it it can cause that uh, you know deflection, a bit of bit of panic, like I say. So and we and we did have a lot, well a record number of shots again in the first half, didn't we? Um, mm-hmm. It would beat our own record from earlier in the season, but then. Start of the second half, it couldn't have gone much better, could it? I mean, mm. our boy, you know, Smith Rowe took the took the game by the scruff of the neck and thought, sod this, I'm going to do it myself. Mm. Took the ball into the box, took on a few players and had a shot. And it, it was going to take something like that. I mean, I was listening to um, the commentary at the time from the Arsenal website. And it was actually Jeremy Adliadier that said, just before it happened, actually, it was half time. Mm conversation with Adrian Clark 
he said it's going to take someone like Saka or Smith Rowe, or you know an Erdegaard or someone like that to actually take the ball, dribble with it into the box, and have a shot. You know, to try and break the deadlock rather than trying to pass the other team to death. And I think we're guilty of that sometimes with passing it one too many times when the person had it could have had a shot themselves. I think Lacazette's guilty of that. Erdegaard's guilty of that. Mm. And it, lo and behold, it, it did work out perfectly. That that was the way that we broke the deadlock and it took a lot of pressure mm. off. Um, so really, really good goal. Lovely to see. And in the second goal, it was a lovely move. It was a, it was a wonderful finish. What a really underrated finish, I think, on the move that was by Saka. Mm. It mm. always makes it even more joyous to watch when it hits the bar, you know, the post and goes in. Makes that lovely sound of banging against the post and hitting the back of the net. So it was a really good um, mm. finish. And I think we, we totally deserved to be winning that game. Three, four, nil at least. So, yeah, to let the goal in was a disappointment. Took a little bit of the gloss off right at the end, but mm. it was a t- it, it really didn't um, show the full dominance of the game, the scoreline at the end. But mm. overall, a really, really good performance. Completely contrast to the first time we played, first game of the season, wasn't it? I'm just a tad. It was like two different <laughs> teams, wasn't it, really? Yeah. Mm. You know, how yeah, far definitely. we've moved forward since then. Mm. You know, so... Um, so yeah, you know, be an interesting choice on Thursday with Cedric and Tommy. If Tommy's hundred percent fit, what does he do? Does he mm. bring Tommy straight back in, or oh yeah, yeah, hundred oh, percent. Wolves are in Wolves are in form when they're starting to pick up a bit of points like we have since since we last played them. Mm. So again, because it's 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 running the risk of them knowing what Cedric's capabilities are. They haven't played against Tommy Asu. Tommy Asu Tommy Asu is an, un- an unknown quantity to the Wolves. Mm. Players, because obviously he hasn't played against them yet, and yeah, again, he's. I've said it because obviously we've, we've been to games. He's, a, he's an absolute unit as well, so his aerial mm. play is going to be key because they're going to they're going to cross the ball up mad to him and his on a Thursday. You know it's going to happen. So we need um, a height, a lot of height in our defence to counteract that. Basically, mm. and he's got he's, he's got good aerial play. And that's not that's again that's not. That's not trying to dig at uh, Cedric, but he's not exactly best with the height. And that's not his fault, but it is what it is. And he also gives I wonder, a bit of I wonder if it's not against the rules, is it, for, for Gabriel to pick up Cedric and hold him above his head to get <laughs> even high, <laughs> further height yeah, to batter out the, the crosses? We're going to endorse, <laughs> the, we're going to endorse <laughs> the line-up from rugby now. <laughs> I'm surprised that don't get don't happen more often in football. Just literally just pick up and just go... <laughs> Yeah, lying behind the wall now. They let a lie on the ground behind the wall now. So what, why yeah, not? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah so, um, but yeah, I think one of the things that sort of struck me more recently is how we seem to come out of the blocks a lot better now. We always talked before about how slowly we started games and we didn't have to dominate the ball and let the other team come into the game. Whereas now we seem to be right at it from the whistle. Don't we? We saw. It was interesting the way they kicked. Even when they kicked off, didn't they? Sort of. They all look at each other and suddenly they play, played it back to Ramsdale, who then sort of locked it forward and then it sort of set the tone for the game, didn't it? Yeah. Mm. You know? Yeah, and it did. That was, got us on the front foot and then um, we just never looked back. Well, it's just yeah. enjoyable to watch again, isn't it, as mm. well? Like we've said, said it a few times now over the last few weeks. It's just nice to watch us again. 
Mm. Um, the way that we play football is a lot more quick. It's a lot more incisive. I know that we not the finished article yet. I mean, once again, it just showed how desperate we are for that striker to to finish us off. Yeah. And another another top quality player in midfield to go alongside mm. Partey. Again, I'm not knocking Jacker for the performance. I think he played well in the game, but um, consistency with him—that's the thing. Yeah, I don't know. There's just something, something missing there. But again, he had a good game, and it showed that once we've got Partey and Jacker back together, who are our best partnership at the moment, it makes us a lot better. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, without that centre forward, I think we're doing the best we can at the moment, and. Um, I really do. We've been saying this for so many weeks, haven't we? I, I really do think it's time to to play. You know the the, mm. the young front line of mm. uh, Martinelli, Saka, Smith Rowe, and Erdegaard just behind them, and just let them get on with it now because they're not. People are worried about whether they're ready. They're too young. Should we put it all that on their shoulders at their age? But they are the ones that are producing week in, week mm-hmm. out, and the older players aren't. Part, you know, I say the older players aren't. I mean, the midfielders are. The experienced but players. Lac- Lacazette aren't. Lacazette aren't. Is, is, I'll put my English. Lacazette I, isn't, I should say, not aren't. Martinelli's available again on Thursday. So what does he do? Yeah. Does he bring him back and just push Smith Rowe or just keep Smith Rowe there and put Martinelli in front of Lacazette? You know, why not? Yeah, I, I just think that they're ready. They're good enough. They're ready and they offer more goal for it. And uh, once again, you know, and I'm sorry I keep repeating myself, but it's the same every single game. Mm. Lacazette didn't particularly do anything majorly wrong in in a lot of, you know, the build-up play and, and so on. He, and once again, he didn't let us down with regards to effort or stuff like that. You know, he's, he's not wandering around like a passenger, passenger but... We desperately need to score goals, more goals, and it would have been so much easier if we had been three or four nil up um, in the game against Brentford. But we never mm. looked like scoring that many goals when he's on the pitch because he misses so many chances. I think he had one and I, bit, that shot, didn't he, from outside the box, and he just completely skewed it, didn't he? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, a top striker would have at least made the goalkeeper work at that point, wouldn't he? Yeah, I think. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You know, I mean, now the, the, the previous week when he was running down and he just missed the target, didn't he? I mean, oh, yes, it's flew into both ends, yeah. Yeah, and well, you know, the clinical striker scores that. Even if even if he was an average goal scorer um, in the Premier League, oh. like um, someone with a record of, I don't know, like a Che Adams or someone. I'm, you know, Che mm. Adams is a good player, but he doesn't score millions of goals. Even if he was just someone like that, that would be fine, you know. One goal every four games, or something like that, on average. Yeah. Three or four, one goal every three or four games. We're not asking for the world. That would make so much difference to our running mm. in the next fifteen games if he got some something like four or five goals. But I, I just, I mean, hopefully he'll prove me wrong and go and do that. But that's all we need. We just need an average goal scoring record. Nothing special. But he's well, not scoring at all. He's missing so many easy goals for someone that should be a Premier League striker. But I suppose if he's doing what he's doing and we're still scoring goals, then, well, you know, just carry on. I mean, if he's doing enough work other than scoring goals, 
I mean, he's the captain. He's, you know, he's the captain. He's leading the team, and he does do a lot. He's got a lot of physical presence. But if that brings the other players into the game, then well, fair play. Then carry on. Mm. Yeah, but don't don't you think that Smith Rowe could do that just as well, possibly, and offer yeah. the goal through it? Yeah, possibly. Yeah, well, definitely. Yeah, but you can't. Smith Rowe's not going to play as a number nine, is he? No, well, but he Martin, could, yeah, but like I said, he's not playing as a number nine. Martin, potentially could if we're going to be playing to feet all the time. Yeah, but Lacazette isn't playing as a number nine, is he? Well, and so it could either he could either have he's supposed to be, but he's not though, is he? And Mm. so I'd be happy with either Smith Rowe taking his place on the pitch centrally, (coughs) or Martinelli to obviously do that. Either way, I think I don't think we lose enough to warrant Lacazette keeping his place over and above Martinelli or Smith Rowe. I I think they both deserve their chance in the team what about, over him. We're not really talking about Pepe these days, are we? Our record signing. Mm. Mm. Uh, the, the, the problem is with him, and I, I, you know, everyone knows how I feel about Pepe, and I, I like him as a player, and I really enjoy watching him. But the, the trouble he's got is that Saka's in his role, in his place on the pitch. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And well, I'm saying just, he's moving Pepe more central. There, there is that opportunity, but again... Does he deserve that opportunity more than Martinelli or Smith Rowe in the to start the game? It's up for debate, isn't it? But uh, I, I think the debate will be quite quick. Over yeah, quite quickly. About, you know, we, we're talking about you know people talking about how thin our squad is, but actually we're debating how we're going to get all these quality players in the side. Hmm. Well, I think there's lots of Pepe as well. Just touching on Pepe, I think the game, the, the games against the Leicester teams that are literally like. The Batman's at the moment, the Watfords, even though they went at the weekend, you know it's you know it's shit. Even we've got we haven't got played them, but them sort of teams, I think they're the, they're the sort of games he's going to start just to give a bit of respite to the likes of Saka and all that. Yeah, maybe in this running, maybe. But um, I mean, obviously, uh, Steve in the chat is also saying, as it says on the screen, someone said on Talksport that Emil Smith got Emil Smith Rowe's goal there was like Jimmy Greaves just just rolling back in, rolling the ball mm. back in there, didn't need to. Put it up, lace it basically, or petty power, just literally just pull. That's what most people yeah. goals this season pure placement. Mm. Mm. Exactly, and, yeah. There's another, well, there's first another, thing I'd like to first thing to write reply to that is why the hell are you listening to talk sports, Steve? Well, <laughs> yeah, that's secondly, a it's a sacrable offence. Yeah. I think you should get a one week ban from the from the chat, but no, mm. no, in all seriousness. <laughs> Glad you're here, but I yeah. have, to have, it have a word of yourself about listening to talk sport. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks, BX Gunner. Yes, I'd like it myself. Um, where was I? Yeah, but they, he, his finishing and Saka's finishing have come on leaps and bounds this year. Mm. I mean, uh, I feel so happy for him that he's the, what, the first academy graduate to have got 10 goals in a season already. And He's played far, far less minutes than a lot of the players around him in the top scoring charts. Um, need the top scoring midfielder now in the Premier League, isn't he? Mm. He must be, yeah. He so, must yeah. be. 12, yeah. He's about 12, third or fourth yeah. in the in the in the all top, you know, the, the total scoring charts yeah, yeah. Yeah. as yeah. well. In, considering the amount of minutes he's played and games he's missed, it's phenomenal. Um, so yeah, this is what I mean about well. Sorry, there's another stat as well that uh, asked after the game was he's the first player to come through the academy since Cesc Fabregas to score over 10 mm. goals in a season. 
Yeah, I think that's wrong. Though. I mean, Seth Fabregas didn't come through our academy, did he? I'm just saying what they've put out there. So. Yeah, I know. I know. I, 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 but he, he's not <laughs> an academy graduate, is he, he's, Seth? He didn't go through all for the academy, but at one point he did, what was it, the latter stages, didn't he? Like the, yeah, you're pushing yeah, the boundaries I mean, a bit, Rose, I think. Um, XG must be off the charts. I mean, he pretty mm. much scores his every, every attempt, doesn't he? Because he doesn't have that yeah. many attempts. But when he's, he does, he's well outperforming. He I think. I think his XG is under four, so and he's on ten. So, mm. but yeah, I, I just think that um, the, I just think it's really unfair if you're looking at you know wanting the the manager to be fair in his selection and being consistent with his selection on rewarding performances. I think it's unfair to just expect Smith Rowe to go back to the bench or Martinelli to stay on the bench and Lacazette to start at the moment. I think you've got to come when you come on and you perform like he he did earlier in the season, Smith Rowe, when he scored what four or five games on the trot coming off the bench, and then you see a player like Lacazette, who is the captain, you know, but not scoring or not assisting. I think it's just a bit unfair to. He's not mm. able to start the match. And I think, why should Martinelli or Smith-Rowe sit out ahead and let him play ahead of them? Well, uh, if Martinelli had been available, he'd have played and Smith-Rowe wouldn't have started. Exactly, mm. yeah. And yeah. How yeah. fair is that? It's not fair, is it? Because no. And once again, I, I would keep wanting to just in case people are joining. It's like I'm not slagging off Lacazette because I don't like him or anything like this. And I'm not, I fully respect to the way he's playing. Considering mm. the fact that he's leaving in the summer, mm. because he isn't—he's—he's he's putting his all into it, and he's not shirking his responsibilities apart from the scoring aspect and the fact that he keeps missing chances. I don't think that we're in a position whereby we can just carry a player like that when he's supposed to be on the pitch to score goals. Um, mm. uh, and he's just—he can't hit a barn door at the moment, and it's—it's—it's it's, mm. it's a shame because I really wish he could. But he's not. And Martinelli and Smith-Rowe are offering much more of a goal-scoring threat. And I don't think their age should come into it. I think they deserve their place in the starting lineup. So your front three would be Martinelli, Smith-Rowe and Saka in some sort of yeah. combination. Yes, 100%. Are playing just, just behind. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I'd go yeah. with that, to be fair. You know, they've been I, in I, I, positions, so... Yeah, you know, yeah. Why not? Exactly. And I really, really don't think their age should come into it anymore. They're just good enough players. They're, I mean, if that. I mean, imagine being a defender playing against those three coming at you from all different mm. angles. And Martin Odegaard just sort of with these defence splitting passes, and mm. you know, I just think it'll be any defender's nightmare to come up against them. Yeah, but uh, yeah. if you're a defender, I'm not again. I'm not being horrible to Akalakasa, but if you're a def- central defender now, you just you, know, you see him on the team sheet, you think, oh, I've got a fairly easy ride today. Mm. He doesn't yeah, run at yeah. you. He doesn't. Yeah. You know, he's not it's got the height. He's. Yeah. I don't know. I, I I just don't think he offers a central defender much to worry about personally. You know. Well, I think the, the pace he did, he once he once had once upon a time. That's long gone now. He's literally all about hold up play and bringing other players into play. I mean, was. Like Steve says, he, he probably assists for Smith Rowe's goal. Now, he, look where he was in that assist, though. He was literally in the centre circle, pretty much, when he, got, when he passed the ball to Smith Rowe. When, mm. And then Smith Rowe just gets all in runs. And obviously, as part of the play, build up to the uh, Saka's goal. But what, what we're saying about these players as well, in terms of Smith Rowe, Saka, and Martinelli, yeah. they get the ball and they run with it. They just get the ball and they have no fear 
of the mm. defence. They put they put the fear back into the defence, and that's something we haven't seen from our defend from our attackers properly, consistently wise for a long time. Something I used to enjoy watching. Literally, oh, bang! That Van per even if it was Van Persie or Adebayor, um, Theo Walcott down the wings or Hreb, you knew they'd get the ball and go just run with it at one point, just run and put the field got in to use their pace. Mm. And he played, I mean, Smith throw all season, pre, going back to pre-season, he was getting the ball and just fucking get the ball and turn and run. There was no other forward mm. pass or going backwards or sideways. He just get the ball and run with it. The best form yeah. was attack, literally attack. Mm. No, That's I what you want your front players to do, isn't it? That's what you want your mm. front players to do. It's not about defending with the front players, is it really? It's about when we get mm. the ball... We've got an outlet, and we know they're going to break forward, and then the others will follow, won't they? Yeah, and uh, Steve's right. He did. He did um, set up one goal, you know, and and his sort of battling helped create the uh, Saka one as well, which mm. um, Partey assisted. But it's not enough. I mean, I, and I do take it back what I said about him carrying. Again, Steve said that it's not. Um, fair, which is I shouldn't have said it. We're carrying him. It's not the case at all because he's leaving. He's not leaving anything on the pitch. He's he's really trying hard, but the miss is that he's paid to take. You know that they are being outweighed. You know the the effort he's putting in on the pitch is outweighing the fact that he's he's not scoring the goals that he's put on the pitch to do, and he may well be. Um, Asked to play a deeper role and not be on the pitch to score goals, but that we've got players that are able to do that in a better way than than he does in in Erdegaard yeah. and Smith Rowe. Yeah. But you don't know what the game plan is, is it with Arteta. His, Arteta's game plan may be to use Lacazette in a way that brings the other players into the game, and uh, and, and that one on the to be the guy scoring the goals, but he's the guy that's going to create the space for. Smith Road, yeah, but Sackers. yeah, but he's it's not him exclusively that can do no, that no, in our not, squad. Mm. He can't, he's not in the team purely to score a goal, he can't be, can he? Otherwise, he wouldn't be playing. No, so he's in yeah. there for a reason on a tactical level as mm. captain, as a senior player, as captain, and there to bring other players into the game. That can and, be uh, the only real reason, can't it? I think, yeah, and and but you know, that that's the one I agreed with everything that Steve's put on the you know, Steve F's put. In the chat, apart from that that last one, in fact, well, I do agree with that as well. Sorry, Steve, because he, he was pulling the central defenders out of position, but he he he's not the only one that can do that. If if we had, you know, a, a, a Martinelli or a Smith Rowe in that position, they would do exactly the same, mm. and and they would and the defender would have a much tougher job of keeping up with them because they've got a lot more pace and threat about them, mm. and Lacazette has found himself. Not only with um, the opportunities to score, like he did with Wolves, you know, he threw one on one and he put it wide, but he also found himself in positions where he could have easily had a shot um, against um, Brentford, but mm. chose the completely wrong decision at, at that point to put the ball out wide to, to try and play someone in, which was not the right thing to do. And that is only, someone only does that when they're lacking so much confidence in front of goal. Because as a as a striker, most not you know strikers that have got some form about them, there was no way they would given that ball away. They would have in that shooting opportunity. They would just, I mean, you imagine Ian Wright passing it to someone in that space. It just wouldn't have happened. Mm -hmm. uh, he would have gone to score a goal 
and that because they they've got that little bit of selfishness about them in that position, which is is right in most occasions. Yeah. Um, so that's just what's frustrating me, and 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 I, I do take it back. We're not carrying him at all. That's that's the wrong thing to say, but. I don't think that he deserves his place over and above Martinelli and Smith Rowe. I'll, I'll completely stand by that. Well, I, I pretty much guarantee he'll start on Thursday. Mm. I think he that's, will, yeah. And then it'll be a question of who drops out between Martinelli. Um, well, you know, if he decides to bring Martinelli straight back in. I think um, he wants up on the bench. Just Pardon? because that's just, I think he might stop on the bench well. just because he'd be a target anyway, because it's Wolves again, isn't it? Yeah. The last team we played, didn't he? Personally, I would start with Smith Rowe and put Martinelli on the bench. Yeah. And I'd probably bring Tommy back over Cedric. Not that Cedric's done anything wrong. I just think that Tommy just gives us a little bit more solidity at the back, which we'll need. Especially yeah, defending the corners and the free kicks. So that, that yeah. would be really my only change would be to bring Tommy back instead of Cedric and then keep the rest of the same. Yeah, and don't forget as well, it is, it is a squad game nowadays. And, yeah, and I know the, I know this can be flipped around by the opposite of what I'm about to say, but don't forget if by putting Lacazette on the bench, he, when he came, he came on against Palace and made a big difference in the last mm. 30 minutes, didn't he? Mm. Yeah, yeah. He was really up for it. He was really pumped up, wanted to make a difference. And he scored that last minute. Uh, equaliser. Mm. Now, I know that people can say, well, why didn't you use the same thing, same logic for Martinelli and Smith Rowe, which is fair enough, but that's what we are doing. But I think both of them have done have everything that's asked of them and more to actually make push themselves into the starting lineup. Mm. Mm. Like, and I, think if, I mean, we've, we've got ourselves into a position, haven't we, where we're now games in hand with two points behind Chelsea in top four. So taking everything into account of what we're saying about players and who should be in and who's not in, ultimately we are where we are and top four is in our hands in effect. Yeah. You know, yeah, really, so, I mean, I was yeah. really gutted about the City. You know, City don't lose that game 99 times out of 100, do they? But unfortunately no. they did. And of course that just means they're that little bit closer than they needed to be. But um, mm. I still think we're playing better football and I think we... We'll get top four. You know, we said at the start of the season, I said top six, but where we are right mm. now, I think it's got to be top four. Top six would be an underachievement, I think, personally. Well, well we've yeah. we'll look at looking at the teams in and around us as well. I mean, West Ham has got the drop points where they should, especially that week, and they drop points against the resurgent Newcastle. They don't think that have a week. Mm. They're sort of drop points. So, potentially, best case scenario, you win on um, on Thursday. We're six points ahead of Tottenham. We are in a but we're in fifth a point away from United because I was A one yesterday because the Leeds defensively went all to part as per usual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um but yeah, it puts I mean look at with the run of fixtures we've got in the running now, it's it might as well say because all we've got is a league. It's the fixtures are sort of, sort of perfectly balanced in one sense, apart from obviously the Liverpool being thrown in in between Leicester and Villa. Mm. But even it, I think Leicester are beatable. Our next few games, Wolves, form-wise it could go either way, but I think we can get, being at home, we'll get over the line and get the win there. Then we've got Watford, Watford the following week, when um, we come back after the cup, after the cup final being played on the following weekend. And then we've got Leicester. Watford and Leicester, well, Watford especially, that's, if you don't get three points from Watford, you've got to be asking questions of yourself. 
And Leicester are ju- the most inconsistent. There's a, they're just, they're just a, yeah, they're just they're falling off a cliff this season. And again, we're at home for that one. So mm. I think we get again that's six points dev. So nine points ought to go in the next three games potentially, if not seven. And then we've got Liverpool to get one of our one of our uh, remaining games in hand that's been rescheduled. I think again that's at home, isn't it? So I'll yeah. take a point mm. there. I'll, I'll happily take a point there. If we we need a couple. Oh. Of games, if we come out of something from that game, I'll buy it. Yeah, okay, now, that'd that be amazing. I think, it, I think then, then it's in our hands, like fully, like for us to lose. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, from where we were and what we thought we were, where we would mm. be, and where we actually are, especially as we didn't really sign anybody that we could use in January, and we you know we moved players on. That's great. I'll take that all day long. Mm. You know, we're not a Chelsea, I... Man City, or Liverpool yet, but that's the next stage, isn't it? That's the next step. If we're not that far behind Chelsea, no. that's great. No. <clears throat> no, exactly. We could afford to lose a, a two, three, four games. I'd say two at most. Te- technically, technically. And still have a really good fighting chance of getting in the top four. Mm. I don't, I'm not saying I want that to happen by any stretch, obviously, but we could we, we could easily afford to to lose, um, you know, a couple of big games, like uh, you know, and, and draw a couple of the big games. But I'm not worried about what you know the Spurs result. It was really annoying, but I'm really not worried about the Spurs that. result because this, people are forgetting instantly that they. They'd lost their previous three games, yeah, exactly. and that's only made up for one of them. You know that they shouldn't have lost. And um, one win against Man City is not going to change my opinion on the fact that they're still, you know, a really struggling team at the moment overall. Mm. Um, and and they've always seemed to do well against Man City. Uh, frustratingly, but it seems to be Man City's bogey team, don't they? Um, yeah, yeah. But, but Man United has still got a hell of a lot con- convincing to do, although that. They are. Um, I think they've only lost one game in in something like twelve, the last twelve under Ralph Rangnick. Um, yeah. So they're, they're quietly, quietly improving. But they they drop. They, there's too many draws in there as well. They've dropped too yeah. many points. I'm not yeah. overly overly worried about them because I think we're in better form and, and a better overall team than them. Although they've got better individuals, we're a better team. So. Um, I think if we just carry on the way that we're going, I'd, I'd, I'd be absolutely devastated if we don't get top four now. Because it really, and the fact that none of the media, and I put it on on Twitter yesterday, I think not one person in the media is mentioning the fact that we're in pole position. And uh, long may that continue. Uh, as far as I'm uh, sorry, uh, yesterday, Sky Sports, after all the games have been played yesterday, the, uh, the, the panel was asked, Roy Keane, Redknapp, and I can't remember who the other one was. Mm. I think it was Robbie Keane. They were all asked, about all the, the said teams in the top four race. Mentioned Arsenal, Roy Keane, no, not a chance. No, May United, it's May United. Mm. And, and Robbie Keane, not Robbie Keane, um, Jamie Carragher, typical fucking Tottenham boy. No, 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 no. Arsenal won't with it. They've got no chance. And I'm like, sorry, you look at the league table. Look, t- take away the game <laughs> that we've got. We are literally, if we are literally four points off of fourth as it, as it stands. We've got a game to play on Thursday. If we win that, if, we've got to say if, because that come back about me after otherwise, we're a point off fourth. We've then got to go yeah. to Watford next, the following game. Look at the, if you look at the fixtures, the fixtures as I said, go between now and in the season. It's massively favourable. It's, it's evenly spread out. It's not like 
we're seeing, I think is it Tottenham, is it Tottenham or United? I've got the big guns coming, literally like bang, 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 in the next few weeks. It's evenly spread out. We can, um, really saying in the chat, we can afford to lose to Liverpool and Chelsea, but not Spurs and must beat United. Yeah. And like Steve says as well, they start the season before they even get the ball being kicked. None of us on this channel or your channel or any other podcast would have said Arsenal will be in this, will be in this position, let alone at this point of the season, potentially favourites for top four. Would have said anyone that said that to the loony bit, but the fact that we are with such a young squad of so much mm. going off as well in terms of the Abanyan situation, the uh, the, the um, the old discipline side of things, the VAR being VAR, there's nothing going on that side of things, the referees being referees. It's a massive... Again, take the hats off to our team and the team and the club for for being in this position because none of us, we all said fifth, sixth at best. Anything else mm. is here. And the fact that, as you say, we're not, if we were to win all our games in hand, Obviously, well, we've actually got we've actually got three games in hand on United and West Ham. Three yeah. games. I know. Don't forget, uh, games in hand. Although they're like Steve's put, they're against Liverpool, Chelsea, and Spurs. Mm. They're all at home. We've done all our our really our hardest away games. They're all done. Mm. Mm. So be disappointed if we lost all three of them, because I don't think we will. We've got a good record against Chelsea late in the last couple of seasons. Yeah. We've got a very good record against Spurs. And Liverpool, be honest, you know, I think we beat Liverpool as well at home, not uh, in, uh, not last season, the season before. Yeah, anyway. so, in the return of the league, yeah. They won, yeah, I'm not they won the league. To happen yeah, and, again. I mean, the thing is, the, but, the, the teams around us aren't good enough to go the rest of the season unbeaten, are they? No. No, they've got hard. They've got harder runnings so than we have. Drop points, even from where they are now. So United, Tottenham, West Ham will all drop points between now and the end of the season. Mm. So. Of course they will. It's um it's it's up for grabs, but the, the important thing is that we've got the momentum on our side. We're on the up, mm. where they're not. That's the way I look yeah. at it. Yeah, and and as, as in, again with our young team, we we talk, we're going up again. Not as the same. We're going under the radar in terms of the pundits and the fan, the other fans mm. from other fan bases. We're going under the radar, so there's no pressure on us. It's not, they're putting pressure on themselves, and I'm, that suits me down to the ground. And Chelsea away again because again Chelsea and Spurs haven't been rearranged yet, have they? So especially especially Chelsea, that's going to be key when that's been rearranged for because they could still be they could still be in Europe basically mm. by then. If that's the mm. case and they're not in the title race, they could sort of be off like they did last year, been off that league game and just concentrate mm. trying to retain the tit- European title. Yeah, it's, that, it's, 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 again, that benefits us as well. And yeah, it just makes it a great running, doesn't it? It makes it a great. Running for us, being in, in, you know, chasing for positions rather than just being out of it. Yeah, it does. And I, yeah, of course, I, I forgot it is uh, the the Spurs one is away. I forgot mm. I got that one wrong. I completely mm. forgotten about that one. But I still, I still fancy our chances against them. I mean, all we got to do is come away without getting beaten there. Yeah, I don't even think we need a win. We just start. We can't afford to get beaten there. Um, mm. But I, I'm still. Really confident, and I, I, I'm happy that the media are, and the pundits are completely overlooking us. To be perfectly honest, let's just carry on going under the radar as long as possible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And again, and that just such as a fixture, there are the potential guys. If this, if this was to go down to the last game of the season, 
just not just the top four but relegation this it could be a decider for two things mm-hmm. top four for Arsenal relegation for Everton I don't want I that shift on that day I want us to be dealt with by then. <laughs> <laughs> definitely yeah I know 100% oh mate, I can't imagine going to that and on the final day knowing if you win not only, not only from Arteta's point, point of view not only have you guaranteed your, 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 your employers obviously the club you're managing uh, Champions League football for the first time in how many got like five six years with, with the youngest team in the league, but you've also relegated the, t- the team that idolizes you. That will be that'll be. I don't think yeah, no, I, it won't matter to Arteta one bit. No. You, you, you know what he's like, he's like dead behind the eyes, isn't he? He's got like <laughs> old snake he's eyes, a, he's Arteta. He, he he's just he'd, the eye on the prize, eye on the prize. He, yeah, he quite happily relegates to anyone on the last day of the season and stealth. And then when they're on the floor, he'll put a knife in between the shoulder blades. He's that kind of guy, I think, to be perfectly honest, get what he wants. But um, it would be very interesting, that's for sure. Uh, there's a couple of comments in the chat. First one from Steve F. He's saying, so is it a failure if we don't get top four this season? No, I don't think so. I think Not our, our goal start think of the season was top six, wasn't it? Yeah, but now, if you get top four, it would be very upsetting not to get it, wouldn't it? Hmm. That's for sure. It'd be up, really upsetting. I can't. I don't think you could use the word failure um, in the respect that I've. Again, I'm sorry to repeat myself. I don't. It can't be a, feel, a failure when you can put us up against Man United, Man City, Chelsea, and Liverpool because all four of those have got far better squads with better mm. individual mm. players than we have. So they should, by rights, all be top four. You know, mm. and so mm. we can't say it's a failure not to finish above them. But when you're in the position that we're in now, with such a great opportunity, um, it would be a, a massive, massive disappointment, which is which is good. <laughs> you know, in, in a, mm. not it won't be good if it happens, <laughs> but it, it, it's mm. good that we're in this position to be able to talk like this. Mm. But yeah, mm. I, I'd be. I mean, I I think. Below, I mean, fifth or sixth is what we all predicted at the beginning of the season. However, mm. I think I'd be massively disappointed if it was sixth. Yeah, I'd be dis, I'd, and I'd be disappointed if it was fifth now. But sixth, I think, would be a. I think we'd have to really shit the shit. Honestly, I think we'd have to shit the bed to, to become sixth now mm. because we're in such a good position. And we're in form, aren't we? We've got the momentum. We've got the momentum. We've got nothing. We've got, yeah, nothing we've got a solid defence. We're scoring mm. goals without, you know, pretending that whatever we think of Lacazette, we've got a striker that's not protecting scoring, mm. but we've got goals coming from other positions, and we're solid mm. at the back, week in, week out. Yeah. You know, so, you know, something just, I mean, things can change. Ramsdale could get an injury. We get Leno back. We lose our back, central back. I mean, things can happen, can't they? You know, which could have happen, yeah. you know, but fingers crossed we stay fit and they stay together. Yeah. Um, and as you say, it's, you know, we can't drop so many points so we won't get top four, top five from where we are, I would have thought. Mm. Yeah, I know. And the, the thing is, I think I'm right in saying that there is a difference between fifth and sixth in that... It's a qualifier, isn't it? Sixth is qualifier. Yeah, you have to go into the yeah. Europa League qualifiers if you finish yeah. sixth, whereas if you're in fifth, you're, you're just autom- automatically in it. The same with yeah. third and fourth. In the Premier League, so with the Champions League, if you're third, you go straight into the Champions League. If you're fourth, you have to pay the qualifiers. 
I think fourth now. I think top. I think the entire top four in England is automatic. It used to be the fourth. But I think. I think that I don't have been in for fucking God knows how long. Who was fourth last year? The United, yeah. It was yeah. Man United, wasn't it? So no, yeah. Man United was second last year. No, no Man United was second. Who was fourth then? Chelsea. Chelsea were fourth. Oh, but they won the Champions League, didn't they? So technically, they didn't have to qualify. But I do believe mm. they did change the rule in the last couple of years. That because obviously how well England have been, England have been doing on the international stage, and the plus of how well the clubs have been doing in the European competition between Champions League and Europa League, we we, we went up we went up uh, the league table thing, and basically it means mm. our top four now automatically get into Champions League. There's no qualifiers for the English clubs, like Scotland. But the last time, for how many years it's been for like near a decade, even if you won the the, the SPL, you had to qualify. Mm. Whereas now, whoever wins the league this season goes automatically into the Champions League. So I think the chain, I think, don't hold me to it. But hopefully, hopefully that's the case because I don't, I don't do qualifiers. Fact that get all do that hard work, yeah. but do a qualifying crap. Remember the old days, we used to get a place for fair play. Oh, yeah. the fair play place, yeah, yeah, did, that, yeah. Obviously. <laughs> no, we're such a dirty, <laughs> such a dirty, dirty team. If, if there's yeah. even a, if, if there's even a chance, the referees will make sure that ain't the case. My end of the season, yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Like Neil says in the chat, our biggest threat to top four is ourselves and the officiating. And this is yeah. getting to the I just can't believe you've got a referee, now. you've got a VAR, you've got a fourth official, you've got two linesmen, and yet they can't make the right decision. Well, we haven't even discussed the penalty shouts that we had. It's probably well, yeah, I was about to get onto them. So, how are they not penalties? At least one of, let's get one of them. I mean, Nakazette and was it Ben Watt? The same movement get taken out in the same movement. Literally, angles, yeah. no ball touched, nothing. Didn't get looked yeah. at. About. According to the BBC, I was watching match today earlier, like reruns of it. And the commentator said, "I don't think that I don't think John Moss looked at the game, but they, they looked at the uh, VAR. They looked back at it, and the they had." That's we've got every we... angle possible, haven't we? We've got every angle possible to look at it. Hmm. And I think the, the, the penalty one, they, they, were, they were going on with that for another two or three minutes because the play was up the other end, weren't they? There was other action hmm. going on. They were still looking at the VAR. So, um, and then there was a couple of handballs, weren't they, where the, the arm was up and it was a ricochet and yeah. didn't even look at it. Um, yeah, so, uh, I just yeah. don't know. I just don't know how they can get it wrong so often. Oh, yeah, no. No. Initially, what was it? A few hours later, Man City play, and they they couldn't they couldn't wait to give that penalty. And what's that, mm. I say, what's the difference? <laughs> Even though it's face, the ball's face onto him, that's the only difference. But he's literally done the I same know. thing. To make yourself bigger like that, and then gone fuck off. I don't want you here. And mm. they got a penalty for that. You know, it mm. was a penalty, but what's the difference apart from the, the swipe at the ball? I even think the Pepe one was a penalty as well. Mm. I yeah. think that would have been a that would have been a. A free kick anywhere else on the pitch. Yeah, mm. he would have given a free kick without question. So as it was in the area, he didn't give it. Uh, mm. Makes you absolutely sick. It really when does. The last I, time I, the VAR just... went in our, our favour. Can't remember. Hmm. Uh, That's sad. We have to say that. Can't remember. <laughs> I'm trying to think. <laughs> There no. was one because I remember. I remember us talking about it, and um, oh, I remember it, um, saying it was nice to have something go in our favour for once. But I can't. I'm struggling to remember. Oh. Well, it was recent as well because I mentioned it last week. Got the rubber of the green. Oh. Yeah, 
I would. I'm trying to think now. Yeah, I honestly can't remember. Was it before the Wolves game? Was, was it events? Was it before the Wolves game itself? Because that was obviously Wolves and then this weekend, mm. wasn't it? But it's not mm. many, is it? It's, it's like single No, figures, no. no. It? It's, it's single figures. Oh, yeah. If you look at the season, how many tight calls we just don't get. But they go against us in a similar situation quite often. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it's just. I mean, I'm, I'm almost it to... offside. Was it offside? I mean, it was so marginal, wasn't it? Yeah, well, it turns get... out that it wasn't Lacazette that was offside, was it? It was um, Granite Xhaka. Right. So, <laughs> <laughs> when we scored the goal, I mean, against Brentford. Yeah, I know. Yeah. 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 But that's just difficult. I just think the refereeing is shocking whether it's mm. us or anybody. I just think you've got all these people looking and make these decisions and they can't get it right. Or they can't be consistently right. Mm. You know, two, di- two, two different games, same situation. One's a red card, one's a booking, and then another one's not even a booking. Mm. You know, it's mm. just, yep. just ridiculous, really. But it's costing us points all the time, isn't it? It's costing us goals and it's costing us points. So we're, we're yeah. fighting against 13 players all the time, I think. Mm. I know. Well, I thought Pepe did well when he came on. I thought he looked really quite lively, to be honest. Yeah. And um, he could have had that penalty, which um, I think he was harsh. Not. I think it would have been a harsh penalty to give. However, A, you see them given all the time. And B, I genuinely think it would have been a free kick anywhere else on the pitch. So mm. that, if you use that logic, it has to be a penalty. Mm. But he also um, he got in that position, didn't he, after the uh, Erdegaard shot which was saved, and then there was that amazing... I mean, people put it down to a, a bad miss by Pepe. I just think it was an outstanding piece of defending mm. that the player did. I can't remember which what player it was, but it was an unbelievable, like, sliding last-ditch challenge that stopped Pepe from, like, getting the ball in. You know? mm. But he was, he, he was in that position. He was running into the box again. So I, I think that he's got to be used more regularly from the... From the uh, from the substitutes bench as an impact sub mm. for the, the season because he always causes chaos whenever he comes on. Well, the thing is, he doesn't even know what himself's going to do, does he, half the time? <laughs> <laughs> Let alone the defender know what he's going to do. I mean, I know, that's why I love beat you three times, wouldn't he? You know. Mm. But he's still got a goal threat, hasn't he? I mean, you know, there's nothing better than seeing Pepe cut in from the right and then curling it into the top corner, is there? I mean, you know, he's... <laughs> You know, he's done that so often. Mm. I've got a question here from Colonel saying to you two, asking who your favourite Arsenal players of all time. Well, you you know mine, Ryan. You know mine. You can answer that for me, can't you? <laughs> I'm tired, didn't you know? <laughs> it would be a, a era, I, mean, <laughs> I mean, if you look at different eras, I mean, Liam Brady back in the day was a phenomenal player. You know, the modern era, I'd go with Henri all day long. Henri and Burkamp, very tight between the two of them. But when you see him play, the way they play together as well was unbelievable. You know, know. control, you know, the pace, unbelievable. But there's so many, isn't there, really, over the years? (laughs) No, my favourite player of all time is David Rocastle. Yeah. Well, again, you know. He he's, he made me really properly fall in love with Arsenal Football Club. 
Um, although I was I was a I was a fan before that. I started supporting him when I was what seven. Uh, I know he came along a, a little bit later, but he was the first real player that just I thought, wow, I, I just loved watching, and he had everything, he had absolutely everything mm. as a player. So he's always been my favourite player. But I, I genuinely think that Smith Rowe and Saka are going to go on to emulate all the good things that he did and a lot of our. <laughs> Exactly, yeah. But no, it's, it's always been David Rocard, so I always have number seven on the back of my shirt whenever I do bother getting them printed. It's always number seven. Yeah. But mm. yeah. well, we've had so many over the years, haven't we? Some really standout players over the years. Mm. Always have. There's too many to mention that the people that you know players that you've loved down the years, yeah. But best ever captain, Tony Adams favorite. or Patrick Vieira. I mean, you just you know. But Frank McClintock was a great captain back in the day. Mm. Mm. Certainly was. Yeah, Bob, you're also Bob Wilson with a goal kick, Pat Rice, George Green as yeah. a player. Yeah, we've had some stonking players and the Sunderland. The yeah, well, they did a rerun of, on ITV last weekend of the 79 Cup final. Mm. You know, and, and even now it makes me emotional just thinking 2 new up. Typical Arsenal, people say now about how we shoot ourselves in the foot. Well, we're shooting ourselves in the foot forever. You know, five minutes to go, 2 new up in a Cup final. We somehow, somehow we're 2 2. Yeah, I know. Time, you know. Didn't run up the ever in the score. Yeah, Liam Brady, though, isn't it? You know, Liam Brady. You know, again, you know, he created the goal, didn't he? Mm. In not too long, uh, not too distant past, though, we would have mm. lost. We wouldn't have gone up the other end and scored the winner. <laughs> we would, <laughs> we would have, any of those two goals, we'd have lost that game a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, maybe. We, yeah. But that's you know, that's that's us though, isn't it? As a club, we seem to find ways of losing games, don't we? Sometimes, mm. or winning games. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, sorry, the arsonist was saying too many legends to choose from all, of all time. Yeah, it's literally it could be all fucking night. Put as for a whole other podcast, really. Yeah, we'd well, all, all come up with a different team if we had our best eleven. We'd all come up with a different team. We might mm. have two players that are common, but we'd all come up with different reasons for, you know, different players. Yeah, I just uh, I've always always loved. David Rocastle, he's just always got that special place in my heart. But I mean, it goes without saying that players like Bergkamp, Henri, Vieira, and well, loads more, Ian Wright, Tony Adams, you know, there's, there's too many to mention, but they're, they're all my favourite players in lots of ways. But um, Rocastle's always had that special place in my heart for, mm. for loads of reasons since I was a young mm. kid. Yeah. Well, you can't go wrong, can you, really, players? I mean, that's. It's who we are about, and we 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 have these star players. We they, they come from nowhere. Some of these players, don't they? Mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Russ mentions Alexis. I don't go that far, Russ, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder if his wife knows that. He's thinking of her. Thinking of Alexis whenever he's making love to his wife. Oh God! God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, you you know this is going to have a clue what on about mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh my days at this point 
but yeah, I'm looking forward to obviously now the, the last knock into this podcast. I'm looking forward to uh, Thursday night, eight fifteen kickoff on Amazon. Are we looking forward to that? Do we think we're gonna? Is that potential? Is that potential banana skin? Or well, you know, we my gonna... record of watching Arsenal on Amazon is not good. Don't watch it then. <laughs> <laughs> the switch off. <laughs> watch all the build up. Going at half time. Watch the watch the analysis. Come away. <laughs> so no, but when we're at home, we're on a roll. We're, we've got the momentum. We should win the game, shouldn't we? That's and I don't care how we win the game. We should win the game. Well, as you say, not just momentum, but we're, throughout the season, we've learned to dig deep and scrape the wins as well. Mm. Home or away. So we've mm. played them recently. They, they, they took digs at us. Got, that's another thing we've got to use as well. Like, we saw we saw the weekend after the game, Lacazette putting that tweet out, having a dig at Ozzy Ivan, Tony and Brentford for their tweet after they beat us opening day of the season. And he obviously put each tweet, just literally the same word in, but obviously changed Brentford to Arsenal. They've got to use that. They've got to use that sort of mentality again and sort of say, "Well, hang on. Why can't we celebrate that game? Because in a few days later, you went to the next door neighbours, beat them, and did the exact same thing. So what's the difference? So use that mm. as a sort of motivate and then go afterwards. Go. Now this is how you really celebrate. And if we do, if we do win, I want every player to a T and every fan in that stadium, Arsenal-wise, to really mm. rub the salt in the wounds, make it clear that they they overstepped. They they went too far in their crying basically mm. was it Ruben Neves someone would be been after going oh, I haven't seen I haven't seen Arsenal celebrate that much in 10 years I'm sorry what um, 2014 2015 20, 2020, um, 2017 2020 all FA Cup wins lifting the trophy sorry what did you do yeah. I know exactly no, I, I think it's going to be a really really hard game again because they're a very good side Um, I, I thought they were actually in danger of losing to Leicester the other day, but um, they managed to somehow come back and win that game. Um, hmm. I mean, they don't, again, it's like a the lead up to the first game we had. They don't score many goals, but they don't let many goals in either. Um, hmm. it's, it's bound to be a really, really hard game, and I would, I would happily take a very fluky one nil win any day of the week. Uh, hmm. We just have to get yeah. a result there. Being at home, I think we've got to go. We've got to be confident of, of scraping a win, whether it's one nil, whether it's two one, something along those lines. I'll be happy with anything as long as it's three points at the end of the day. And I don't want to sound like <laughs> the biggest cliche on earth, but I think any any Premier League games are a banana skin. And we've got to be really careful single game because on any given day, any team can beat anyone else. It's just a, one of those leagues, isn't it? But I'm more confident now with our defence than I have been for many years. Mm. I honestly don't think that our mentality, we're not a pushover anymore. Mm. I don't think we've got that soft underbelly we, we've been guilty of having for so long. So I am more confident of being able to grind out a win, hold on to a lead. And apart from the stupid one-off you know, mistakes that we keep making, like you know, Granite Xhaka every now and then and and so on. I, I think we are more than capable of of not doing stupid things as as a, as a team as a whole. Mm. Because reality is is right. Yes, there's going to be individual mistakes, but yeah, I'm, they're I'm a, a unit, aren't they? They're, they're now a unit. The way they celebrate, even yeah. the substitute mm, yeah. celebrating with the first team, you know that they're mm. they're 
he's gradually got rid of the players that aren't on board with the message and he's now got a team of players that want to play for the badge and want to play for each other and support each other. I mean, they celebrate every time they, you know, stop an attempt on goal, don't they? Or, you know, give away a corner. You know, it's, it's almost like a high five. It's like a big thing for them, isn't it? So, you know, conceding mm. that goal in the last minute would have probably been the worst thing for them in that game, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, mm. definitely. And they will make, they'll want to make sure they... Ramsdale want another clean sheet on Thursday, won't he? He won't want anything mm. less than that. He's up for the Golden Glove, isn't he, so far this season? I think yeah, yeah. I mean, his percentage of saves is the best in the league, isn't it? Mm. You know, and, and that's from a player that, you know, half the fan base didn't want, didn't think was good enough. Mm. Well, here we are. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, there was a question earlier on about who's the favourite current player. Um and it's it's lovely to have that discussion now because before you'd be struggling, wouldn't you? You'd be struggling, but there's so many now. I love the whole team. I think they're really, really good. But I mean, again, you know, you know, who my favourite is. It's actually pretty close between a few of them. Actually, there is honourable mention for Aaron Ramsdale. Everyone loves him. Um, you know, Tommy Asu's been outstanding. I love, you know, gotta to love Tommy Asu. But there's obviously Saka and Smith Rowe and Erdegaard now as well. I love, I love them all. But um, Erdegaard shades it for me because I've always liked him, haven't I? And mm. you know, since he was a real youngster, I've seen potential in him, and I just love watching him now. Really but obviously, football, Saka, he? really loves their football. He loves it, doesn't he? You can tell. Yeah. He's just another. It's this type of player that I love. He's so positive, but it's so hard to choose between him and Saka, both dearly. But um, yeah, it's, it's it's almost like a dead heat to be honest with you, because they're so positive the way they get the ball instantly turn, and all their first thought is just to run towards goal, take players on, and that's yeah. exactly the type of player that I love. I love watching. Yeah, it's all good, isn't it? It's all good, and this is only the start of the journey, really, isn't it? Mm. This is. This is good season one. Where are we going to be next season? You know, we get the additions that we want. And they've obviously got a game plan for the summer. They didn't spend any money that's going to affect the, um, the war chest yeah. for the summer. You know, there's still a few more players that will probably go, definitely go. And then we'll see an influx of fresh talent, won't we? And who knows what we will get. Yeah, it's going to be so interesting as to what strikers he buys. It really is. Yeah, he could buy two, couldn't he? He'd go for two. I think he'd have to. Quite easily. Yeah. Unless he... You know, one maybe up and coming, one, you know, depends what, what happens with Balogun. Does Balogun come back and be the, the backup striker? You mm. know. Um, yeah. You know, Nketiah's not, not, not for me. Um, so... It's going to be very interesting because obviously we're going to be linked with everybody as per usual. So yeah. we'll see who we get. Be a long summer, put it that way. Yeah. I think uh, if we, Lacazette and Ketia are as expected, they're, go, they're going obviously at the end of their contracts. Then Balogun's got to come back in if, if they deem him ready enough to, to take the role of Eddie in the squad. I think that would be fantastic. I'd love to see that. <laughs> But that would still leave replacing Lacazette and the Bamiang. So mm. they've got to bring in two, two strikers. It's just as simple as that. And it, it's really, there's so many names that have been thrown out there. But um, 
it's going to be so interesting to see who they bring in because I think that Isaac is not going to be the finished article straight away. I, I really like him. I think he's got some bags and bags of potential, but I don't think he's going to be the type of player that hits the ground running. Mm-hmm. For sure, I think he could be like the the number two striker. But I I honestly can't think of a number one striker unless we pay the uh, that sixty eight million and get Harland in. Is that sixty eight million plus add ons? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the release clause of 68 million that comes into effect. I'll tell in the you summer. what, though, I guarantee they know who they want, and the, the, the mm. wheels are already turning for who they want. The is out there already, yeah. Yeah, so it won't be a, we can we can surmise about who it's going to be, but they know who it's going to be, and nobody else will know who it's going to be. The in the nose don't know, as, as we all know. So it will be announced, you know, when they're ready at the money they want to pay. And it's not how much they pay and what the wages are, is it? In all seriousness, right, if we finish, say for example, we finished third, overtook Chelsea, beat yeah. Chelsea. And why wouldn't you as a club the size of Arsenal throw your hat into the ring and go all out to, to try and get Haaland on 68 million? Absolutely. When we can why offer not? Why not? And also we can With, say, look, your best mates here as well. You can exactly. And get Martin to put, put a word in the air. How much well. is Mbappe available for on a free transfer? <laughs> I'd much rather Ireland. <laughs> yeah, but you know that's what we want. To, we want to be linked with yeah, these sorts of players. I'm not being picky, right? But, but honestly, I think Second that Ireland second choice. In would I, but I think why wouldn't you, as a young player like Ireland, be interested in in a, joining a really young team that's and on the up? Yeah, and we're in London as well. We're in London. We've got we've got his best mate of his captain. Yeah, of his, he's been in his ear, isn't he? You know, should come to yeah. Arsenal. Come to Arsenal. Come to Arsenal. Great. I think it'd uh, be stupid if we if we didn't at least put your hat in the ring and and like offer the sixty eight million pound release clause for a player like that because I th- I think it's it is a project that you could be chatting to him about and I think he'd be stupid to rule you know rule it out without a conversation. Could be an Ozil deal or the last minute of the tra- transfer window, couldn't it? I imagine that. Just imagine, <laughs> just imagine that. I mean, just imagine. You imagine the scenes when we signed Ozil. Imagine what the scenes would be like if we signed a Harland. Harland, Jesus Christ! I'll literally go down. I'll literally <laughs> go down. They're all waiting for the day, and all of a sudden Harland gets out of the car. Imagine. I'd run all. I'd run all the way to London naked, like in, <laughs> like a dance in Trafalgar Square. I think. Do perfectly. Well, I've already seen a Harland number plate in London, so he must be on his way. Oh yeah, <laughs> Harland number nine is, is in the way. Yeah, AFC Harland, and it was just outside Highbury as well. When we saw the, we saw that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> in, in Tesco's getting some petrol. There he was. Oh dear. But why not? Why shouldn't we dream about these players? Because we are, we are Arsenal. We've got the history. Yes. People want to play for us, and we're in the Champions League as well. That's an even. If we can sign players and not be in the Champions League. What it would be like if we are in the Champions League and we've got the exactly. money. You know, exactly. Francis is in a good place at the moment because he just won the Super Bowl, so he's happy chappy, isn't he? So Yeah. I, I don't think he'll be anywhere near as don't get me wrong, he would have a massive wage on offer, but mm. um it'd be our record wage ever, no doubt. But it, it wouldn't be on him near what you know, the, the mooted wages that yeah, but Mbappe wages is none of our business, are they? Really, as as fans, no, we bang on about wages. Oh, we've saved this amount of money. We've saved that. Apparently, Mbappe is going to get a million pound a week, though. Like if he stays at 
PSG, yeah. or if he moves, he's going to be close to. I don't think Haaland would be that ballpark. I think he'd be sort of four, four hundred maybe be along those lines, which is a hideous amount of money. But if he bangs in not, thirty goals a season, exactly. exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you get him on a, a pretty decent uh, sixty-eight million pound fee as well for someone of his quality. Yeah, so it's high in the sky, but I don't, you know, we've got to get there first. We've got to get this Champions League football first. But yeah, I I just think we shouldn't be one of those clubs that think, oh, he's going to go somewhere else. You know, we're we're still a massive club in our own right. Yeah, Mm. Um, the Arsenal misfit saying, can we? Can someone tell me why we signed Aston Trusty when we've got Saliba coming back? Aston Trusty, from what I've been, we were led to believe. He's going to arrive in the summer, but he's going straight out on loan to your play European football elsewhere. So he's going to have nothing to do with yeah, the Arsenal purely, thing. Yeah, purely, purely to get him a work permit so they can sell him on in, into Europe, isn't it? He's yeah. not going to play for Arsenal. I'd be highly, highly surprised if he ever played for Arsenal. It's, it's mm. purely just to get a foothold in, in Europe mm. somewhere. Yeah. Other God can offer his business. <laughs> <laughs> uh, James is in the chat. James is saying uh, Madrid have offered Mbappe seven hundred and seventy-five grand a week. Amazing as I thought that with the Super League they were skint. Exactly all this. Well, they skint, they? Government backs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, that, there's no fair yeah. play, financial fair play in Spain, is there? Let's be honest. Well, they're yeah. backed by the government over there, aren't they? So. Yeah, they're Mbappe. Yeah. yeah, but we may have lost our sheen a little bit, really. But you know, what what kind of um, challenge do players want? In that, are they purely purely after the money, or are, do they want to go somewhere where it's going to be really exciting times? And whether they they have going to be a massive massive catalyst in being able to take us back to the summit of where we belong back to Premier League champions and really challenging for the, the Champions League and hopefully be the first player to actually help lead us to a Champions League trophy. I mean, it's, it's a it's a massive, exciting times to be at Arsenal. Yeah. You know, I think if you, put, if you put Arteta in a room with Haaland for half an hour, he'd sell him the dream, wouldn't he? Without a doubt. Well, yeah, exactly. And um, you know, get, get Martin Odegaard to go in there as well and talk to him in Norwegian. <laughs> <laughs> and also the rehab uh, as well. I mean, they, the owners, the owners are putting the money in. Well, they've got to be putting the money in at some point, Josh, because of the refurb and stadium, aren't they? Outside and inside, apparently. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's they ain't going to be cheap. Trust me. <laughs> what they, what we've obviously taken down the memorial behind us, refurbing that. Obviously, they're changing the, the roof as well, aren't they? They're doing something with the roof. I think someone said mentioned that. Yeah, that's a, mm-hmm. that, that has been mentioned. Yeah. And also the mm. seats need all the, all the seats are going to be refurbed as well. In like, obviously, in and the they've stadium. got to get the gridiron pitch on there as well, haven't they? So you know, <laughs> flyable pitch. <laughs> <laughs> well, get get that get them disciplinary issues right out there. Come on, let's get I the cross rolling in. <laughs> what the hell was Paul Merson on about? Seriously, I mean, honestly, I love that guy to bits, but he talks some shit sometimes, doesn't he? About Look do, at, do you look, yeah, look, yeah, look at the channel he was on, Sky Sports, bloody Gillette Soccer Saturday. Yeah, come on. It's, I think it was in the Star as well. Was, was it the Star? Oh, there you go. Yeah. But saying, don't spend any money on the on the stadium. Spend it on players instead, you stupid. Blah, 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 blah. Like, what, if, you're doing it for, if you're doing it because of Tottenham, why? You, 
They're not doing it because of like, they're not doing it because of the new stadium down the road. That's nothing to do with it's it. The fact is, it's literally, we've been there recently in the last how many years or whatever. We've been saying it needs a refurb outside wise as well. The fade, mm. not, obviously, the Lurzers the, the Memorial around the stadium has been fading for God knows how long. It's needed a repaint. Mm. I know. Honestly, the paintwork's peeled away from that. That needs refurbing. It's not stuff that doesn't need doing. It actually does need doing. Companies put aside money for certain things. Mm. You know, mm. estates, I'm sure they've got an estates department, you know, that look after the stadium, that have got a budget that they've got each year. It's not going to come out the budget for players, for crying out loud. No. It's just, it's just mm. stupid. I know it's funny. That's yeah. Apparently, right. James, apparently, they're gonna make a statement, uh, a statue for James outside the Emirates, but there wasn't enough budget bronze to make the hair. <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of all the last questions, everybody's asking, "Are we scared of Newcastle next season? Worried about them? Not really, because again, it's unfortunate. Really. Really how if they stay up, if they, if they stay up, they, they'll stay up. But it's not going to be an immediate." Boom, oh, we stayed up, so now we're going to kick on and be in New York next season. They'll start climbing the table. Think, Two you know, or three seasons it'll take. Yeah, mm. three seasons at a post, maybe a fourth, depending on how much they throw and the situation between now and then. Because obviously, it's not like when Man it's not like when Chelsea came, well, Roman came along at Chelsea. It's not like when Chelsea, the Man City country came along and brought Man City. When there was literally, in terms of competing for European spaces, it was us, United, Chelsea, and Liverpool, in terms of top four itself. But that's all they had to, they didn't, all they do is knock one of us out to get get oh. in there. Oh. Nowadays, you've got us, you've got them knocked down the road, you've got West Ham now got themselves in the mix this, in the last couple of years in, t- in terms of the European football in general. You've got Leicester City, you've got Man United, you've got City itself, you've got Liverpool, you've got Chelsea... That, literally, that's half the league itself going for your nearly half the league going for European football. Wolves as well are getting Wolves there now. Well. Yeah, so literally, that, literally got half the league going for European spots. There's only seven available. Eight, mm. yeah, seven available. So yeah. No, I think I think Newcastle will improve, no doubt, because they will sign better players. But if you look at the mm. caliber of the players they've signed already. You know, it's not great, is it? I mean, yeah, there's only one standout, and that's he's been he's, he's been sub for the last couple of games. Mm. There's only the, 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 the guy will Eddie wanted from Arsenal, Bruno Gomez. Yeah. Not from him. Even I mean, then, same Maxim, he'll be yeah. off, won't he? He'll he'll he'll, he'll get yeah, he'll probably, a bigger club, yeah. no doubt. They've signed. I have to give them due their dues. They've signed good players for their current need at the moment. I think. It's an yeah, absolute so bummer for them. They're currently yeah, staying the league. They've lost. Um, mm. uh, what's his name? At right back now. That's a massive, massive loss for them. Trippier, yeah. Um, Trippier, yeah. But I think the the guy that they brought from um, Brighton at, at, as a defender, I thought he's a good buy. You know, they've, oh, well, they've weakened their they've weakened they're by signing their best striker from them. I think they did some, they did some good businesses, but I think it's still going to take, you know, three or four seasons, or no, probably two or three seasons, I say, to to actually get a really strong 
squad mm. that because not only as you can look at Man United as the perfect example, you can't just go and buy the best players for the best for the biggest amount of money and offer them the biggest wages and expect a great team. Mm. You've got to do it cleverly, and you've got to buy the right players for the they've got the right mentality and they fit into the, the squad and don't disrupt the squad and they've got to blend. It, that all takes time. So, and Eddie Howe might not be the right man to do it, might he? No, exactly. Exactly. You, know, you might need a prem, mm. a manager that's, that's won a Champions League or won a, you know, a, a top title somewhere to harness these players. Eddie Howe may not be the manager. Eddie Howe might be the manager that keeps him in the league. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Eddie Howe, I mean, it's obviously, he was make, the appointment makes sense in the sense of where they are. He knows, apart from obviously the ones he said, it did go down. He knows what it is to stay in the league and keep a, t- mm. keep a team on a low level. on a low budget compared to what Newcastle have got fund-wise nowadays. Mm. And he was able to get them, kick them in the league for a few years. Um, but it's sort of rem- rem- reminiscent of, was it when Man City, obviously this, the, the now owners of Man City came along, Mark Hughes was in charge, wasn't he? Mm. And he was sort of the one that sort of, that manager sort of levelled the playing field, kept things steady, kept, got a platform in place. And then when the second things got a bit uh, shaky, he was then moved on. And they got, they went and got a world class manager in uh, Mancini. Mancini, sorry, yeah. Mm. And then they just because of, because of the foundations put in place before, it was easy for him to then go like that his first full season, win the league, and then sort mm. of kick on the way they have over the last few years. Mm-hmm. But it took a lot of last few seasons to win the title, didn't it? I mean, if they hadn't have won the mm. title, then United would have won it, wouldn't they? And yeah. It might have been different, mightn't they? Yeah. They would have got there. Their, their, their owners wouldn't have let it go any other way, would they? No. They would have got there eventually, but um, it could have just delayed it a bit longer. That's for sure. But I, I honestly think the same thing will happen. It's going to take a while for them to get a, a, a squad that is fully blended and ready to take up a title challenge. It's, mm. it, it doesn't just happen overnight. Even if, you, even if you've got the money to buy the best players, they've got to all work together as a team and as a proper unit for it to work. And that that's something that you can't buy um, unless you've got someone behind the scenes, you know, that, that actually knows what they're doing and, and could make the right choices in the transfer market. Yeah. You know, like a Luis Campos that I mentioned before, he's a perfect example. If they've got someone like him who only buys players that fit with the players that are going to play around them in the team in their pocket, like you'd only buy the right right back who can play with the right sided central defender and the player in front of them on the right wing. They all have to fit together. He that's the way he does his uh, recruitment and mm. to get someone who really really knows what they're doing who could probably shorten the time frame a little bit. It's going to take time. So uh, you've got to worry about them in the future, but right now it's it's not something we're going to have to worry about imminently. Mm. Thankfully. Hmm. Yeah, they'll but, give us a good game, though, no doubt. But you know, they'll give a lot of good games. Yeah, definitely. Mm. definitely. Oh, yeah, I think that their goal this season is to stay in the league. I mean, that's mm. that's where they are. Yeah, yeah. And with regards to what Steve uh, said there about the biggest worry is about them taking the players we're interested in. I mean, that's that's obviously going to be. A, problem we're going to have to deal with in the, the years to come but initially over the next season or two the players that choose to go to them just for the money 
rather than a, a club with real class like Arsenal, mm. they're probably not the sort of players we should be looking at, really, to be, to be perfectly honest, are they? Mm. You know, if they, they turn down a, a joining a club with our tradition and our trophies um, and our class and go to a club like Newcastle, which obviously I'm not saying they're not a big club, but if they choose to go there just because of the pound coins, then they probably haven't got the right mentality to come to us in the first place. Yeah. I think we're looking for a different breed of player, aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. A different yeah. type of player. I think That's what I mean. I think I mentioned before, I think it's, again, installing that mentality of the George Graham era where he, he mm. didn't want the the Billy, the Billy Big Bollocks, basically. It's them sort of players that thought they were bigger than the club that's just there for to pick up the paycheck every week. Mm. Um, he wanted young, hungry players. They wanted to play for the club and, and win things and mm. be competitive. Exactly. I think I think that's it. I think this is the route that we're sort of going down now with these players. Look at the recruitment as well, and how we've also also blended in some of like the Smith Rowe, the Sackers, and obviously Bellingham's I can't be blended in as well next season. It's and there's a whole other crop there. There's another crop of those players waiting yeah. to come through, isn't there? Yeah, we've got. That's why. I, I, that's exactly why I would absolutely love someone like a a Harland to actually choose us hmm. for the right. For the right reasons, mm. and I hate to use this word, but see our project at the way things are, the way that we stand right now, really, really poised, really, really close to being able to make that move to challenge. And, I, and, and you know what? I'm going to be that bloke that comes and helps them. I want to help them get there mm. rather than having to be talked into coming to Arsenal and us having to pay well over the odds and blah blah blah, and us having to talk him into it. I'd rather him say. I've seen what they've got going on over at Arsenal at the moment. I love that club. I love the class. I love the history. I want to be that bloke who can help them win the Premier League. I want to be that bloke that can help them get back into the Champions League and win it. You know, that's why I would love it if that sort of thing happened rather than oh, just be boring and go to like Real Madrid or Barcelona because that's just what I'm expected to do. It'd be lovely if they took on that challenge, wouldn't it? It'd be, it'd be really yeah. amazing. And let's be honest. We're only, I think, we're only two players short of a, of a top top side now. Yeah, we Obviously are. We need some more squad players as well. But I think we're two players short. That's all we're short now. We're not half a team short. We're two players short. Yeah, exactly. And it'd just be lovely to just to, just to be surprised by something like that. Just a player to make a decision based on feeling rather than just the pound notes. You mm. know, it's lovely. I mean, who needs more than half a million pound a week anyway? Let's be honest. Exactly. What the hell? Honestly, how much is too much, you know? Yeah. It's a joke. But I mean, if, I, I don't know. I'm just There's something inside me that just thinks that maybe, maybe he could be one of that type of player. Because of, of the way that his, his dad was, you know, uh, the clubs he played for and the, the type of player his dad was. Um, hmm. Maybe. Maybe he's got a bit of sense. I'm just, I'm just like hoping more than anything, really. But maybe he's that type of player who who's willing to make a decision based on not just ambition of how much money can I earn, but also the challenge that, and being able to be have the bollocks to say yes, I'm up for that challenge. I, I could be what they're missing. Well, well, maybe he is. We don't know, do we? Maybe he is. Yeah. Uh, let's go into chat. 
Uh, Steve saying, uh, Ryan eventually comparing up to it will great. I've said from day one, things that have been put in, look, looking from the perspective of transfers, things look very, very familiar to how Graham took over in terms of we had, in terms of this case with our chatter, the Mesut Ozil situation, and obviously we've had a Bamiyang recently, but the the players and the Kalajanets, these players are forming cliques on high wages, just there to pick up a paycheck, didn't really want to be Arsenal, was just here to, because we offered the most money at the time. Mm. And we got that, and Deadwood as well, lots of Deadwood in terms of even lower wages, underperforming, we're getting rid of. We've been doing that from day one. If you if you look at the transfers from the first window, that first window all the right way till now, that has been happening a consistent and then look at the players he's brought in, the Pablo Mari, Cedric's, um who else we bring that win? Uh, I can't think now. Someone else was there someone else who brought in? There's a third player, wasn't there, that window? Or am I just going noon that was the January, wasn't it? Pablo Mari. Mari. Yeah, Pablo Mari. Oh, said, yeah. Um, buy off that January window, I think. Didn't we? It might, yeah, I think it might be. I can't remember. Odegaard? Uh, Odegaard was the last one. It's Sevelos. No. Yeah, I'll come back to it. But, and then, obviously, then in the summer, we got, we, well, we've been brought back, then we brought back uh, Sabayos unknown again. Um, I'm trying to think now, we got we got we got rid of the lots of Mustafi, the Kalajanachis eventually. Um, as it uh, all on high high wages underperforming, Abamyang high wages underperforming. Um, and there's other players I mentioned the, the main players there because they're the ones that really stick out to you, obviously. The Socrates as well, Lucas Tadeos looks like his days are numbered. Obviously, keep loading him out of the fucking window now. Mm. Uh, Matteo Guendouzi, there's an issue there, he's just look, you're not going to go to the club. Because no one wants to buy it, we're just loaning you out anyway to you get you go one way or the other. Reese Nelson hasn't really kicked on since he obviously his last loan spell in Germany came back, hasn't really kicked on. So, obviously, this season is a make or break for him. He's literally go prove yourself if you don't come back with Celia because obviously, I have a year left on his contract because he extended his contract to a year. Um, Eddie started off, bought him, gave him a chance after he went back from Leeds. Hasn't worked out. Wants him gone. We're not just, and also in terms of the signings, in terms of incomes, we're signing players that, as I say, want to be here and want to and want to I be mean, here for the right reasons, not for the paycheck to win things, to achieve things, and get us back to where we should be, where we once were a few years back. Before we all the fell apart. Is, those players you mentioned, they've all gone, but they've all pretty much gone for nothing, haven't they? In fact, some of them we've had to pay to leave. I mean. Nobody wanted mm. to buy these players that we talked about. Mm. The thing is now, the players that we brought in, they've all increased in value, haven't they? If mm. any one of those became... And available, the better as well. We would, they would, you know, get much more money than we paid for them. But we've got rid of players we didn't need, we didn't want, and we we couldn't sell them either. So that shows no. you how good they are, that nobody actually... The only person who mm. sold really was Willock. And that's probably, yeah, you know, because he was young... The others, I mean, we didn't, you know, they were, they were doing nothing for us other than draining our resources. Mm. You know? Yeah, so, they weren't playing. Huh? I say that, and they weren't, they weren't playing. they weren't playing either, no. Mm. And they, they were proper drain on the resources. And, and to be fair, though, we've been saying this 
about comparing Arteta with Graham right the way since Arteta was first hired, didn't we? I mean, we did a we've done first, po- yeah, podcast so- about it, saying yeah. the similarities between when he took over and when Arteta took over. We've been we've been speaking about it for quite yeah. a long time. I think the the comparisons are really there for all to see. Um, you with the way that the, funny with Arteta yeah. he, before he got the job, you know, the chat would have been about I want to get rid of all the crap. Mm-hmm. want to get rid of half his squad. Half his squad is not good enough for the Premier League. And we've all said it as fans, half his squad are not good to play for Arsenal. Yeah. I want to bring in players that want to play for the club. And it might take me three years. We're in, you know, a year and a half down the road now, aren't we? And he's already done. He's already cleared. I mean, there's a couple of players still to go. El Nene, Niketia, Lacazette, you know, Guendouzi, Torreira will probably all go. Um but he wants spaces to bring in these younger players and, and create spaces for the, the academy players to come into and break into the side. And that's, and massive and that's what he wants. And yeah. here we are in challenging for top four. You know, it's a not massive amount of that. eighth last season and it's his second season. You know, we've been, he didn't come in in a full season. He's only had one full season and this is his second full season. So, you know, I'll give him credit for that. He's got a vision and he sticks to his guns. If you're not on board with his vision... Then there's only one. There's only going to be one winner, and then we've seen it already. You know, you play for the club, you played the way I want you to play, or you don't play. Yeah, and that's it. And that's a, that's that's what you need a manager to do. You need a manager going to stick. By, oh, you know, I have to pick him because he's this. And you don't you don't pick players because of that. You pick players because they want to play for the badge. Gary's uh, asking, but haven't the players <laughs> that have left for cheap been able to perform for those teams? I mean, Socrates, I don't hear of anymore. Mustafi, I don't hear of him anymore. He plays at Levante. Meza Erzul, same situation that's been about Jay Zip. We saw he hardly plays. Yeah, yeah. He's, well, he's he been... doesn't play any away games either, yeah. does he? Yeah. Yeah. That's from day one. And he's fallen out of the manager there as well, ironically. So there's, um... The only one that's actually playing is probably Gwenzuzi, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And obviously, yeah. And, that was, and that was purely down to his attitude, wasn't it? That he yeah. didn't get on at Arsenal. Um, yeah. I think he, you know, he's not as good as people make him out to be, but he would have been in our squad. He would have been useful in January. Mm. But he stamped, you know, he bit the hand that feeds him. Uh, Arsenal, unfortunately, refused to apologise for what he did, did wrong. The attitude stank. But, yeah, I can't think of any other ones that have gone on to be brilliant. I mean, Willock got his first goal for the season, didn't he, at the weekend? And mm. I wish him all the Got good money for him. Um, Chambers Sawobi. is never going to be more than a squad player at Sawobi, Villa. Yeah. What's Wobi doing at Everton? Yeah. Yeah, Wobi, I mean, fair play, Walcott. for him. A different situation um, for Walcott. But, yeah. Um, yeah, none of them have pulled up any trees anywhere else. No, I can't think of any. Manfred Panos, yeah. That, Gary's just put Manfred Panos there. Mm-hmm. Saliba's obviously only on loan. Yeah. When Doozy's on loan, but was almost certainly going to go because of what we said. Mavropanos, yeah, he's he's one that's gone on to do good things. That's a good point. Maitland Niles, I think he's gone back to being on the bench if, um, rather than Arsenal. Uh, he's on the bench at Roma. Yeah. Today, obviously, we know so, he's, he's we, as I said earlier, today we know his days are numbered. But again, it, it wasn't it wasn't Arteta's fault that uh, today worked for it was, um, it was Emery. Emery played him at position he never covered and in terms of the Premier League. And again, it also to the, the adaption of the English culture as well in terms of weather-wise and all that. He never really adapted. 
and yeah, look, it's only because what he known and he's doing well there because he knows how that league works is more suited to his style. Mm. All teams get them players; they think they do well there, bring them in. It doesn't work out; they go back to that league or another league, a lesser league, so to speak, in terms of intensity-wise, and they, they suddenly go back up again. Uh, Bellerin, again, I haven't had much of Bellerin, but again, look, they're doing well with over. Look how many years we yeah. have Bellerin. I mean, no one wanted Bellerin in our team. Yeah, who? who no, exactly. I mean, I say no one. I can't keep. Mm. I keep doing that. I should not do that and generalize every as if it's everyone. But a massive majority of Arsenal fans did not want Bellerin anywhere near our team. Yeah, but we all wanted the Bellerin that we had when he first started, didn't we? We that wasn't mm. the Bellerin we had towards the end, was it? No, he was getting so much stick. It was unbelievable. You know, so these players, I mean, Saliba is almost certainly going to come back to Arsenal in the summer. Guendouzi is going to be sold on. Mavropanos is sold on. Torreira doesn't want to play in the, in the UK. I mean, he made that concerted effort in the summer, apparently, to say that he'd be willing to build bridges. Mm. Um, but how true that was, I don't know. But he, up until that point, he didn't want to be in the UK. He didn't want to play for Arsenal. Um, and Bellerin, like I said, I mean, a, a massive majority of people all over social media and Twitter didn't want him anywhere near the team. Mm. Um, Joe, I really want him to do well at Newcastle. I love I love Joe Willock. And uh, he's starting to get back on form again. Martinez, I think, I think if we'd have had our time again, we'd have much rather have sold um, uh, Leno. But no one wanted to buy Leno. That was the problem. And we needed mm. to make some money. Um that was a really unfortunate situation. And Martinez tried to put um, Arteta over a barrel and say, I want guarantees that I'm going to be number one. And no manager in their right mind would say, I'm going to guarantee you to be number one because it's all based on performance and everything like that. So he almost uh, put too much pressure on the club and they said, right, we'll, we'll sell you then because we've had a good offer. Um, so, yeah, I, there's, you know, people go back and forth. Is, Two or three yeah. players there that I'm sure we'd all like, still like in the squad, but these things happen in football. We've got a squad now that every I mean, I, I can only speak for myself, but I love all the players now. Mm. I, I don't think there's many, many players at all that I don't really, really like in the team. Yeah, and, and also, it's going the right direction. Again, with Martin, things in a couple of years' time, we'll be fighting to keep these players, won't we? Yeah, we'll actually be fighting mm. to keep these players. Hopefully, look again. Hopefully, we're in a position in the, in, in the next few years to be able to be strong enough to keep them players and convince them mm. this is a place to stay at. The way you're going to need a long term contract now, aren't you? Long term contract now. Yeah, get the last sucker, Martin. Even though they recently signed new contracts, get them back on the new contracts again. Just keep every 12 to eight, 12 to 12 months or 18 months, renew constantly. Just renew the, the mm. renew them players. Ramsdale's in the summer, get him in, new contract. Tomiyasu, new contract. All the players that have been that are deserving of a contract, give them a contract. Mm. At least that way, if we do end up hacking to, you know, we get an offer we can't refuse, it's in the region of, you know, 60, 70, club, 80 yeah. million pounds for a player rather than five because, yeah. or 10, you know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Rather well, than well, having well. to pay them to go away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, <laughs> at least that way you can, you know, you don't want these young players to go, obviously, and you do everything you can, but if, the money came in and the player wanted to go. At least you've then got the funds to replace that player, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. Also, just touching on Martin, because obviously 
as I was saying with Martin, is it that our seasonal year is fantastic. Obviously, a massive difference because obviously week to week we saw the difference between him and Leno. I think this season we've seen more mistakes from Martin. It's even though he's been good, but there's, there's the odd times where, yeah, he's he has a, a week, they have a week against uh, Newcastle. Newcastle that goal should be go. Yeah, that yeah. was poor. That's not just poor defending from the wall, poor goalkeeping as well. And again, there's a few times this season we've seen that. But I think it was against us. He made a few mistakes against us during the season. But, yeah, well, he saved the penalty, didn't he? But then we got the rebound, didn't he? That pissed yeah. him off, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. He, he went straight to Talksport the next day and complained <laughs> about it. This yeah, is so it's Arsenal's yeah, fault. Hindsight's but... <laughs> a great thing. Isn't it? Hindsight, you would have kept Martin there, you know, and sold Lena, wouldn't you? Of course, but then but at, at, at the time you know, we were desperate for money. When then Ramsdale comes in as number one, you've then got the same problem anyway, haven't you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh dear, but here's what it is. What it's going about things up, as I say. Uh, what's your score predictions though for Thursday? You're saying, um, you're forgetting Thursday, two one go boring, two one, one nil to the Arsenal. Okay. I... I'm gonna go for two nil. I think Ooh. we're gonna. I think we're gonna be a nil nil half time, and then come out like we did it on um, Saturday. Just gone, get mm. the two goals, and this time actually defend for our lives in terms of actually not letting them letting them have a sniff at the goal. But as I say, play Tommy As. I will swap in Tommy Asu for Cedric just to give us a bit more height in our defence, especially set pieces. And as I say, they're gonna be one of the, especially set pieces, whatever it is on the pitch, they're gonna to want to. Just whip it into Jimenez, the the aerial mm. players. So if we got a bit more height, it helps us out massively there. Um, and I keep Smith Owen. I keep Smith Owen. Leave Martin in on the bench because again, because it was so recent, the last situation, obviously we last played Wolves and what happened there. Again, with the referees, not the referees, and I is it just handing a fucking an easy option for him to just go. You got sent off recently against this team, so you know what? You do one foul, you're off, no matter what the foul is. And it sort of look, it's, it takes attention away from them. It can also come on 15, 20 minutes to go, depending on the situation, maybe a bit earlier. And we reassess things there. But it's an option to have off the bench, it's a good option. Have Martinelli or Pepe to come off the bench. And yeah, let Lacker, let Lacker do what he does in terms of. Just be a physical nuisance to the defence and midfield, and, and literally just tie them out, and then brings up, bring on as I say, the likes of Martinelli and, and Pepe with their pace, and just go for the kill. I'd um, considering we played them so recently, and you know they need to change things up a little bit because they'll be so used to us, they'll be expecting the same again. Um, I definitely would put Lacazette on the bench for this one and put Martinelli on. Um, mm. Smith Rowe and Saka because we're at home we need to do a lot of the attacking we need to try and break them down I would surprise them and uh, hit them with pace and uh, I would definitely use Pepe in the second half for uh, that extra bit of pace and uh, trickery try and cause them some trouble mm. and obviously we've got Tommy Asu on the right which they're not used to as well so yeah give them something to think about I really would because mm. again, I think that Lacazette away was really useful for his sort of battling qualities and everything, holding the ball up. But I think at home we need to go more on the front foot. We need to try and break them down and score a goal because they're going to come and defend for their lives away. 
So it's down to us to break them down and score a goal. And I think that uh, that might just be a little bit more of a surprise than they were expecting. And they won't be anticipating it and they won't be licking their lips at the prospect of playing against Saka, Smith-Rowe and Martinelli. Hmm. Yeah. And with that, we're done now for tonight. We'll also try and possibly be back on Friday in the aftermath of obviously what happens on Thursday night. So we'll be back for that on Friday night. Try and sort the times out between us between now and then. Um, but yeah, thanks guys for obviously coming on and everyone else in the chat. Thanks for coming on in the chat and keep putting a good question, especially Steve F. He hasn't he he had you didn't he had you Andrew tonight. <laughs> he did not like your he did. He did. No, he caught <laughs> I'm always happy to be corrected and uh, you put a lot of good stuff in there tonight. He really did. And yeah, the, the audio for this will be going out on all the platforms in the next 40 odd minutes, depending on how long they to download from the obviously stream of itself. Then uploading all that jazz. So then that's 30, 45 minutes. You want to listen to this back or you miss how you come off through it? That'll be there for you to be on the go and all that. And like Andrew said last week, you can now rate the podcast on Spotify. So that does help as well. Get us note, get us uh, noticed on the audio side of things as well. So if you want to go on Spotify and give us a rating, that'd be massively appreciated. And yeah, Andrew, what have we got coming up on your channel this week? Yeah, Russ just asked, which is, uh, and it's tomorrow, Russ, um, and everyone listening, if you can come over to my channel tomorrow, hopefully you're available. Um, are you available tomorrow, Steve? I only tend to get one pass per week, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you're more than welcome. Yet, Tuesday, that's not going to happen. But yeah, uh, tomorrow, seven o'clock, uh, so come over to my channel and uh, yeah, it'll be more of the I'll same. Give you a like, though. Thank you very much. Much appreciated, mate. And Steve, where can you be found on social media if you want to be found talking nonsense yeah, about I'm, 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 I hide. I hide in plain sight. I'm on here and uh, on Twitter, Steve K eighteen eighty six. So yeah, always around doing something. Yep. And if you want to follow me, obviously it's Mister Arsenal eighty nine on Twitter. If you, to, if you want to do it on Facebook, there's a Facebook page and a Facebook group, the Mr. Arsenal Podcast. Go and find me on there and give us a follow and like and all that jazz. If you're new to the channel here as well, do smash the like button, do subscribe and all, and all the usual stuff, stuff. You can also become a member for $2.99. All the perks will be listed there, plus a lifetime discount code for all channel merchandise and all that jazz. And yeah, I'll see you, then. I'll see you soon, guys. Until then, as always, up the Arsenal. Come on, you gunners. Good night, boys. Come on.